going on, world? It's your boy, R, alongside... What up, what up, G? I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week to another episode of Live from 95. Yeah, yeah. And we getting the vibes right with Electric Relaxation Boom. by a Tribe Called Quest from Midnight Marauders. Happy 25th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Honey, check it out. You got me mesmerized. With your black hair and your fat ass thighs. Street poetry is my everyday. But you know gotta stop when you drop away. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. You wouldn't pay if I worked at the club. All I gotta say is, me and my bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If y'all y'all didn't recognize the beat, that was that was um, they sampled that for Forbidden Fruit, off Born Sinner, J Cole featuring Kendrick, another dope track. But yeah, yeah, that was that was the original. What's going on, everybody? You feeling good? Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. Hope busy, busy week. Hope everybody's feeling good on your trip, whether to work or school. Stay safe out here in these streets, you heard? Yeah, yeah. Get the vibes right. But yeah, busy, busy week in hip hop. We got a lot of anniversaries. Hey. Like big ones, including oh, yeah. the one we just shouted out. So, like I mentioned before, Tribe Called Quest classic album Midnight Marauders makes 25 years. All y'all youngins who have not heard that album, go back, check it out. It's a classic. Almost every beat on here you'll y'all recognize from modern like artists. And yeah, this was this was like a staple. You know what I mean? Fife, Q tip, dope lyrics, crazy, crazy production on here. The beats is fire. Um, play another classic track from that real quick. Award tour. It's that classic shit. Fair use. No copyright infringement intended. But yeah, I mean, Tribe Called Quest has always been, you know, they're, they're legends, classics. I'm not as, to be honest, I'm not as familiar with their discography as I would like to be. Definitely revisited this album once I heard it was the 25th anniversary. And like any classic, you know, content is still relevant today. Beats that still bump today. But yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, this album is, again, full of, full of classics. Couple standouts, Award Tour, which we just played. Electric Relaxation, she opened up the episode with Fire, classic shit. Um, there's another track on there, 8 Million Stories, check that out. It's like this crazy storytelling track. Um, and then they got a couple others, and they, they talk about a lot of things on this album. You know, hip-hop, you know, Faith with the track, you know, God Lives Through, which is a dope track. You know, social shit, you got some party tracks on there. It's just, there's something for everybody on this album. Definitely revisit it. A couple of bars quick from We Can Get Down with Fife Raps. How can a reverend preach when a rev can't define the music of our youth from 1979? We rap about what we see, meaning reality, from people busting caps and like Mandela being free. Not every MC be with the negativity. We have a slew of rappers pushing positivity. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to go into a crazy bar breakdown of this album because we got a lot of other things to cover. But that I just wanted to shout out quick. Because that, that is hip-hop, right? We rap about what we see, the reality, and then that comes through in the music. And the shit he's talking about is, is still happening, right? People busting caps. We're still talking about being free. I know he mentions Mandela in this specifically, but, you know, we're still talking about freedom in various different ways. And we still we still fighting for it. we still we still out there. So that's definitely one anniversary album to shout out. Again, big ups to Tribe Called yes, Quest. Sir. Midnight Marauders. Happy 25th. Happy 25th. 
And we got another big 25th anniversary album this week. Enter the 36 Chambers. Woo. Alright, Wu-Tang's debut album turns 25 years old this week. Now that album holds a special memory for me. Oh, definite. Like, that was one of the first hip-hop CDs I remember hearing. Like, my aunt, who was, you know, bumping hip-hop heavy when I was a kid, that, that was on rotation. That, that shit changed hip-hop. Like, mm. that conglomerate, that group, there's never been anything like that ever since. Mm-mm. Not a weak MC in the group. Nope. Who's your favorite out of the group? I mean, I'm biased. I'm going to stay with Method. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to lie. Method definitely mm-hmm. he stood out, especially on 36 Chambers. Yeah. He had that solo joint, right? M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Mm. His <laughs> voice was definitely more recognizable at first than a lot of the members. He had a very identifiable voice out of, out of and that, cadence. Exactly. Out of that whole group, I mean, shouts out to everybody in that group. is amazing. But uh, Method just sticks out to me. Um, even... Solo careers, movies, you know, I Method is one of my top favorites. Yeah, Method's up there for me. I think my favorites has to be a tie between Ghostface and Jizza. Yeah. Um Jizza didn't feature as much on this album. Um he didn't have has have as many verses as some of the other members. But I mean his his first solo is one of my favorite albums of all time, the Liquid Swords and he's just the most cerebral MC of, of Wu Tang. So so Jizza, man, he's if y'all been listening to the podcast, you've you've heard us break down, you know, Lupe here and there. We had a whole episode dedicated to to um to his latest album, yeah, Throw Got Wave. So Jizza is kind of like that. Like his bars are just so cerebral, so deep, so yep. crazy. And then Ghostface is just, I mean, Ghostface, Ghostface man, is... Iron Man, Supreme Clientele. Mm. Mm. You know, the whole Fish Scale series, more yeah. fish. Storytelling's bananas. This man says things that you you know. Like who thinks of those things? His cadence, his just everything. Ghostface is, is a beast. So those are those are my two personal favorites. But on this album, I mean, again, classic. Not a whack track on it. So being that Met the Man is your favorite, I'm assuming Met the Man was your favorite song on the album. <laughs> no, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> but it, it definitely is a favorite of mine. So if you had to pick one track off Thirty Six Chambers, which which would be your go to? What's what's? I'm gonna have to let the track speak for me. I know everybody knows this. I know a lot of you out there agree with me and G. Yeah, I was hoping we was gonna have a different song. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, it, that's just a classic track. Yeah, bro. the other thing too, as far as like relatability goes, like I feel that song. Yeah. Uh, my, I actually, and it's still relevant today. Like a lot of artists still make references off Cream. Hell yeah! Just that that, I mean, Cream is still is still out here. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. I right. Mean, uh, Raekwon too is. I mean, if I had to pick like a top three members of Wu Tang, Raekwon would be right there, number three with me behind Ghostface and Jizza. He kills this shit. But I actually think Inspector Deck's verse for me was was better. Yeah, it's more relatable. So? I mean, it's more relatable to me, I guess. So a couple bars from Inspector Dex, like he starts off, you know, it's been 22 long hard years. I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. I peep at the shape of the streets and stay awake to the ways of the world because shit is deep. Mm. Right? That shit is hard. Like he, So he's 22 years old and he's spitting this. So he's like, yo, it's been a hard 22 years of life. He's struggling. He's peeping what's around him. You know, he's, he's staying awake to the ways of the world. So he's, you know, learning about how the world really works. And 
He's like, yo, shit is deep. And shit is deep. All right? And he, he goes on, the man with a dream with plans to make cream, which failed. I went to jail at the age of 15, a young buck selling drugs and such who never had much, trying to get a clutch at what I could not. The court played me short. Now I face incarceration, pacing, going upstate to my destination. So talking about his mistakes he made in life. Mm. Um, you know, shit that, not me personally, I've never been in jail, thank God. But, you know, others have, have struggled with that. Uh, and he goes on, you know, though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess, I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed, but I'm still depressed. And I ask, what's it worth? Ready to give up. So I seek the old earth who explained Working hard may help you maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. Like that's just real to me. Like So you know. your your top three is who? My top three is Ghostface, Jizza, and Ray. This I, verse I, I was just quoting was Inspector Deck though. Inspector Deck's verse on Cream. Okay. So Method Man, Rizza, and I have to say Ghostface. Yeah, I think Ghostface is in almost he's everybody's on, he's top on, three yeah, old members. <laughs> that, that would be my order. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, all the artists, bro, they're all they're all amazing. But my top three. Yeah, and R.I.P. to ODB, man. ODB, man. Old Dirty Bastard. By the way, if y'all bored and y'all want to laugh, just look up ODB stories. Yeah. Because the, the the stories I've heard of him, like other people tell, I just recently heard one story, like Joe Budden said on the Joe Budden podcast, that was hilarious about how he does the track he had with Mariah Carey, how <laughs> he did one bar at a time, like he would do a bar and then go to sleep. What? For like hours, and then they would have to wake him up, spit the other bar, and like punch it in. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, every ODB story out there is hilarious. I've heard Fat Joe, um, on his on his show. I don't know if it's still on. He used to have it. I peeped a couple old episodes of you know stories he's had of ODB and yeah. But I mean, hip hop was never the same. Wu Tang changed the whole landscape. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And so happy anniversary, Wu Tang Word. forever. Wu-Tang is for the children. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, Wu-Tang is coming out with a documentary. Yes, for the children. For the children. So keep on the lookout for that. When that shit drops, we'll be sure to check it out. And we'll very likely talk about it here on the podcast when that time comes. Definitely. But yeah, bro, Wu-Tang is for the children. <laughs> you know, um, um, Speaking on that too briefly, um, I know Body came out uh, in the, the, the theaters. Yeah. Um, I'm so mad I missed it. And um, we, 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 we happened to miss it, but... um. When it comes back on, in the moment we get a chance to, to check it out, we'll definitely review it and, and talk about that also on an episode, a future episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So for y'all who don't know, Bodied is a movie that had a limited screening or showing in theaters in certain cities. Unfortunately, here in New York, I learned about, I learned, I knew about the movie. We learned about the actual showtimes too late, so we, we couldn't get it. Yeah. It'll be... On YouTube Premium, I believe, at the sometime at the end of this month. So once it goes up there, we'll be sure to watch it and check it out. It's executive produced by Eminem. It's a battle rap movie, but an interview from the Breakfast Club where two of the actors and the director, they really shed some light on what the real meaning behind the movie yeah, is. Yeah, that interview was, was official. Yeah, so... You know, being that it's battle rap, this this battle rap is no hold bars, right? Nothing off limits. You say whatever you need mm -hmm. to say to win the battle, right? Oh, yeah. You know, somebody's face, you're going to say the most craziest, wildest, disgusting, disrespectful thing you could possibly think of in the most creative way possible. Exactly. That's the point. Most creative way possible. Yeah. So with this, I love it is because we, we live in a very politically correct culture. Yeah. Like everybody's scared to say certain things, certain things you say it, you looked at a certain way. Whereas in battle rap is completely opposite. So the, the, the statement that the the 
crew from Body that was on the the interview from Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club was talking about was that you know how this blows that away and I've I've looked at some reviews of the movie and they're really calling it like this anti politically correct movie and it's getting great reviews so I'm I'm glad it's being received in that way yeah I'm really mad I missed it but once it comes available on YouTube we're definitely gonna check that out and talk about that and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's addressed in that film. So if y'all don't know, check out Body, check out the trailers, um, check out some of the reviews, and keep an eye out for that, for sure. And speaking about Eminem. Yes. Going into a fifth year anniversary, the Marshall Mathers LP2, which dropped sometime in November 2013. Yeah, five years ago. Wow. Looking at the album right now. <laughs> I mean, from the the deluxe edition art where it looks like he's sitting in the back of a Maybach or whatnot, staring back and reflecting on his, his you know, old Detroit house. The house that was on the cover of the first Marshall Mathers LP album. You know what I'm saying? From from the artwork to to the tracks. Um, real briefly, touching base on that. Um, what were some of your favorite tracks on the album? Honestly, like, this, this is one of the, if not the most underrated Eminem project out. It's it's one of my favorite Eminem projects. Period. I mean, I was a little too excited, you know, with the nostalgia hearing that Eminem was dyeing his hair blonde again and all that. Like it, it sparked my interest. It wasn't I'm, even that the nostalgia though. Like the content on this. No, album. but I'm talking about from when I heard that it was dropping and I heard you know the rumors that the album was dropping. It was a Marshall Mathers LP two. Yeah. You know he's dyeing his hair blonde, and this is before we heard Berserk or any of the singles. You know, so I was just like, oh snap. You know, and um. Again, you guys already know we're big Eminem fans. Favorite tracks on the album? Oh, uh, if I had to pick my absolute favorite track on this album, and it's one of my favorite Eminem songs, period. Probably my second or third favorite Eminem song, period, is Legacy. I mean, going from track one all the way down to the bonus, right? We got Bad Guy. You got a little snippet of the parking lot skit continuation from the first one, right? Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. Rhyme or Reason, which is a, a fun track. So Much Better, Survival. You got Legacy, which is an amazing track. Asso featuring one of our favorites, right? Skylar Gray. I know she's one of my favorites. Yeah, her vocals. I love her features. Berserk, right? You got that old school Beastie Boys feel. Rap God. I mean, everybody knows. That we song. just started breaking records right there with Rap God. Brainless, Stronger Than I Was. Good motivational track, right? Post relationship. The Monster featuring Rihanna, which is we spoke about this before, is my favorite feature of Rihanna. Right, you got So Far, Love Game featuring Kendrick Lamar, Headlights, again. Yeah, another. Again, talking about coming from the era of the Eminem show, cleaning out my closet and all the anger towards his mom and all that, just to hear this this album of, how would you describe it? Uh, Headlights? I mean, if you want to if you want to get into it a little bit more after we go through the, the track list real quick, but it's, it's kind of like, if you listen to Cleaning Out My Closet, which is the first Eminem song I remember hearing and like really relating to that's the song that hooked me on and relating to that and then growing in age so maturing alongside, alongside you know him. eminem's music to then be at the point in my life and the point eminem was in his life and reading headlights i can reflect and be like damn cleaning out my closet was definitely how i felt back then but now as i'm an older person now as an adult looking back at everything I could definitely relate to those feelings that he expresses about his mom's on headlights. Um, and anyone who's had, you know, similar parental issues 
who's grown, you know, and matured and, and re-looked at relationships. Like Headlights is just, it's, yeah, that, that. Amazing track. Yeah. But we'll, I, we'll touch more based on it in a minute. We have Evil Twin, which is amazing, and right? It goes off. And then we go into the, the, the bonus, the deluxe from the deluxe CD. You got Baby, Desperation, Groundhog Day, Beautiful Pain. And another one of my and Wicked Ways. Favorites, Beautiful so, Pain. Going into the first track, right? Bad Guy. Yeah, so it's... Continuation of Stan. Yeah, Stan 2. Right, Stan's brother, little brother, right? Yeah. Grown up now. Looking for, would you say, revenge? Yeah, of course. The, so it, it starts out with the little brother kind of going to M's house, right? And trying to kidnap him and... Locks him in the back of a trunk. Yeah. And drives off the bridge kind of the same way that... Oh, Stan drove off Stan with his wife. With, uh, yeah, his wife. baby mom's in the back seat. So now, you know, his little brother, now Stan's little brother is pretty much giving back Eminem the same taste of his medicine. And then it goes on to a deeper track at the end of it, right? Where he, Eminem reflects, which is also an amazing track. Continuing of that. Yeah, he also makes references to, to lines from the first Marshall Mathers LP. And there's constant references to the first Marshall Mathers LP yeah. on this. Where, um, I forget the exact line, I'm trying to find it now. But when he's he's taunting Eminem, so Eminem's like tied up in the trunk right now. I like when he says... um. Eminem killed by Eminem. Matthew Mitchell. Bitch, I even have your initials. Yeah, that was tough. I initially was going to bury you next to my brother, but fuck it. Since you love your city so much, I figured what the fuck the best place you could be buried alive is right here. And then he talks about, um, I hope we don't get stopped. No license, I fear. That sirens I hear. Guess 90 on the freeway wasn't the brightest idea. That was a reference back mm -hmm. to the first Marshall Mathers LP. And then when he's driving, he says, we're in the car right now. Wait, here comes my favorite lyric. I'm the bad guy who makes fun of mm -hmm. people that die. So, this, yeah, this track is put full of references from, from the first LP. But, yeah, verse verse four, I want to get into a little bit. Because that's the one you referenced where he starts reflecting. Mm -hmm. Right? And he says... You can start right where he says, um, but in your head there's a voice in the back of it hollers. After the track is demolished, I am your lack of a conscience. I'm the ringing in your ears. Well, even before that, he says, you know, I also represent anyone on the receiving end of those jokes you offend. I'm yeah. the nightmare you fell asleep and then woke up still in. I'm your karma closing in with each stroke of a pen. Mm. Perfect time to have some remorse to show for your sin. Nope, it's hopeless. I'm the denial that you're hopelessly in. When they say all of this is approaching its end, but you refuse to believe that it's over. Here we go all over again. So, you know, in Eminem's heyday, he, he threw a lot of shots. He caused a lot of controversy he said a lot of things so now it's just like oh this is that karma coming back and it doesn't matter that you're sorry now it's too late and then it's also questioning his his place in hip-hop his career right it's end but you refuse to believe that it's over so here we go all over again also referencing this mm -hmm. is marshmallow lp2 so we're doing this again mm -hmm. then he says after the track is demolished i am your lack of a conscience i'm the ringing in your ears I'm your time that's almost up that you haven't acknowledged. Go grab some water, but I'm the pill that it's too jagged to swallow. I'm the bullies you hate that you become with every faggot you slaughtered. Coming back on you, every woman you insult there with a, the double standards you have when it comes to your daughters. I represent everything you take for granted. Yeah, see that, that too, I like. And that addresses a lot of Eminem's content that I feel like maybe people don't get because of the way he presents it. But this whole anti-bullying this stand up for yourself message that M constantly has. So he's become that bully that he yeah. hates. Yeah. And it's funny because as you sit back and you reflect on it as a fan, 
you can kind of relate. You can understand where he's coming from and say, oh, wow, you know what, M, at the end of the day, in the beginning, like, that was cool. It was funny. It was different. As you step back, though, and you hear what he's saying, you can actually be like, you know what, M, yeah, you was kind of like a bully, bro. Bully didn't sink. Yeah. Bully Britney Spears, bully Christina Aguilera, argued with a puppet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> at that time, like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm just saying if you step back as a fan and see where he's coming from, you can relate to what he's acknowledging. Yeah, I mean, even as a person, right? Because you, you know, the, the bullied becomes the bully. You let the anger take over and, and you become that to fight it, right? So it's also that reflection. But, yeah, bad guy. And just the imagery, the double entendres in here is crazy. Like when he's talking about, you know, when he's peeping through the window. So where he also says, so I sneak vengefully and treat your bedroom window like I reach my full potential. I peeked because he's reaching his full potential and peeked as if he's peeking into the window. Right. Right. Continue to peep, still bent low. He taps the glass slightly and then starts the crescendo, which is uh, getting louder, right? So yeah, like an increase in intensity or, or noise. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that, that's bad guy. Great, great close to the stand story. I also have this theory. Let me know if anybody's rocking with me. If anybody remembers Guilty Conscious, the, the kid who he's arguing with Dre about sleeping with the girl at the party, his name mm-hmm. is Stan. Mm-hmm. So my, yeah. my crazy fan theory is that's the same Stan. And that girl that he slept with raw. Because Eminem convinced him to do that, to hit it raw. Mm-hmm. Might be the baby moms and Stan. Um, that's my crazy fan theory. Let me know if y'all that's, rolling. That's actually interesting. If you guys agree <laughs> with G's theory, um, leave a comment in the comment section below. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, Bad Guy was great. So the again, my favorite track on this album, Legacy. Definitely, I'd have to say it's one of my favorites too. So fucking relatable. Content is crazy here. Bars is crazy. So, he starts from the top. We're going to do some bar breakdowns for Legacy. He says, I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? What kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Because I don't belong in this world. That's why I'm scoffing at authority, defiant often. First of all, the rhyme scheme is ridiculous. Flying off at the handle with my mom, no dad, so I'm not compliant at home, at Mm. school. I'm just shy and awkward. And I don't need no goddamn psychologist trying to diagnose why I have all these underlying problems. I mean, it's this is just any this is so relatable. Yeah. To any kid who's like been through shit. Like I felt I listened to the song and I'm like, damn, this is my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so and again, relatable for us. And I know a lot of other kids go out through you know, go through life in school or whatnot and, and have that they feel the same way, you know, like... Yeah, I always think the sky's falling, so they always think everything, you know, everything is not going well. Everything is, you know, it's negative. Everything around them is just like, damn, something's always going down, you know, and he's like, why am I so different? Because when you go through stuff and, you know, you look at with the world a different way, you look at things differently. And he says, you know, because I don't belong in this world. That's why he's scoffing at authority to find often. So that's why he's always... We're, we're okay, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why he's always going against authority because of these feelings. And a lot of kids who do act out is because of these underlying issues, right? And, and then, you don't need a psychologist. Like, we know we know why we're this, this way. Yeah, bro. A lot of people are just loners. Some people just don't like big crowds. Some people like to be, you know, by themselves. And, you know, some people just don't understand that. 
And then the rest of this verse... Well, you could go right up to the ending, right? I had a bad day at school, so I ain't talking. Some fucking cocksucker shoved me into a fucking locker because he said that I eyeballed him. So there he goes again referencing being bullied, and he just pretty much stays in his own world. What do you think? Yeah, not 100%. And, you know, he just continues. Verse 2. I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky's falling again. Same line that he continues with this, that theme. Why am I so differently wired in my noggin? Because sporadic as my thoughts come, it's mind-boggling. Because I obsess on everything in my mind. Small shit bothers me, but not my father. He said sayonara, then split. But I don't give a shit, I'm fine. Long as there's batteries in my Walkman. Again, how relatable is that? Like, Nothing long as a fuck. It's when we got music. Like, that's that's what and got us through That's relatable shit. so so much on my part. Hell like, yeah. music is the escape go, bro. Put your music on and zone out depending on your feelings. And I think Em even talks about it on Eminem's show, Sing for the Moment. Yeah, and that's why hip-hop is so powerful, again, because it's the voice of, you know what I'm saying? for us, for the people who, who go through shit, who, you know, we, hip-hop talks about real shit, whether it's things in your neighborhoods, whether it's things inside your mind, your personal life, and things that people can really relate to, which is why hip-hop is now the most popular music genre, you know, in, in the country. There's a reason for that. Because people relate, they feel what's being portrayed in this, in these lyrics. He goes on to um, talking about, again, you know, getting bullied and why even bother fighting. But then he starts it off where he says, but I think a light bulb just lit up in my conscience. What about those rhymes I've been jotting? They kind of giving me confidence. Instead of trying to escape through my comics, why don't I blast a little something like Onyx? All right, so for those who don't know, Onyx was a group. Yeah, classic hip hop group. Um, founded in nineteen eighty eight. But yeah, they were they were really influential in, in that time. And Eminem actually had a had a track with their member Sticky Fingers all on the first Marshmallows LP on Remember Me, mm -hmm. which is cool because you get this reference now, like oh Eminem, that's who he used to blast, and he actually ended up making a track with one of their MCs from Onyx later on. But even that, right? Uh, trying to escape through my comics, like I was a I was a big comic book fan. Still, when I was a we kid. we're still are, bro. Still, still are. are. You know, and that that was a super relatable line. And then the whole thing he's talking about, right? Where he's just like a light bulb lit up in my conscience, like you said. And then he's realizing, oh, what about these rhymes? That could be anything for any person. Like, once you realize, oh, shit, I'm good at this. Or, oh, I like to do this. Then you can start putting your energy towards doing that. And then he goes, say what I want to say to the kid that said that I eyeballed them. Grab hold of my balls like, that's right, fight's on, bitch. Who would have knew from the moment? I turned on the mic on. I could be iconic in my conquest. So it's a Fife dog from a tribe called Quest. So Fife is was one of the lead MCs from Tribe Called Quest. So he's like, yo, who would have known I could be iconic like, you know, Fife from Tribe or yeah. or whatever. And and again, this whole message of you know he he grew up in this fucked up childhood with this crazy life, these crazy thoughts, always feeling out of place until he finds something that he can put his energy towards. Like, something he loved to do, something he was good at. And that could be, you know, everybody, once they find that, you know what I'm saying, to, to make your situation better. In the third verse, he goes back on again where I used to be a kid, right? And but then he now, goes, he goes, now that I think the fact that I'm differently wired is awesome, because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to work words like this and connect lines like crosswords and use my enemy's words as strengths to try and draw from and get inspired off them. Because all my life I was told and taught I am not shit by you whack fucking giant sacks of lying dog shit. Now you shut up, bitch. I am talking. Thought I was full of horse shit and now you fucking worship the ground in which I am walking. Yeah, again, crazy rhyme schemes are <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like the story. like you This is just... why Eminem is so great. And, and I don't understand how people can say he's just... 
I mean, I guess, about I guess, you know, because the people who can't relate are the, the people who don't like him are the people who can't relate, can't understand, you know, been in those shoes. Even for, if you can't relate, he's telling a story, whether you but, can relate to it or not. I See, me, you, and I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, if not all, all the listeners listen to us can understand where we're coming from, right? It's, we respect the craft. We respect the storytelling. We respect the content. And it's even more of an extra sprinkles on the cake if you could relate. Yeah, I mean, again, also to be able to rhyme like this, to put this much technique and wordplay and everything and then stay on a topic for 16 bars, like yeah. not hopping from one thing to the other, because yeah. it's easy to rhyme words if, you, you know, two bars you're talking about this, then you flip. A couple bars you talk about something else, flip. But to stay on a subject, to tell a cohesive story and have this level of technical skill is bananas. And yeah. again, what he's talking about, right? Like, now he realizes, oh, what made me different makes me fucking awesome. Like, it yeah. makes me great. And now everybody, whoever probably picked on him in the past or whatever, is like, yo, I love Eminem. And that's a great message, again, to any person out there who's felt this way and then who's found what they're good at or they're calling, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then you could recognize, oh, all those things that made you different growing up is kind of what made you what you are now or what you will be if you haven't found that yet. You know what I'm saying? So, again, the message is great. It's just crazy. And then he just, he goes off. He keeps going. He's like, it's the body game bag, bitch. I'm supplying coffins because you dicks butt kiss. You don't respect the legacy I leave behind. Y'all can suck a dick the day you beat me. Pigs will fly up my ass. Flying saucer full of, full of Italian, Italian sausage. Yeah. So that whole last verse is just a pretty much big fuck you to everybody. The legacy is solidified. But, the, you know, the story he tells here, you know, from his experiences as a kid. One of my favorite tracks of all time, really. Legacies. Really, really relatable again. Um, the next track we're going to get into is one that's close to our hearts. Again, that's really, really relatable. Well, he has Brainless, which is another song about bullying. Check that out. He He's a little bit more technical in that track. Bars for days throughout this whole album. Um, but again, we're going to jump to Headlights now. Ooh. Which is his song to his mom kind of trying to bury the hatchet and like reconcile right featuring nate roos who was the lead singer for a group uh fun fun yeah which was popping we are young. <laughs> around the time this album came out yeah exactly that was their song so it starts off right mom i know i let you down and though you say the days are happy why is the power off and i'm fucked up mom I know he's not around, <laughs> but don't you place the blame on me as you pour yourself another drink. And I guess we are who we are. Headlights shining in the dark night. I drive on. Maybe we took this too far. Let's break down that hook. That hook is it's way deeper than I, than I thought it a was. Hook. Right? So he's saying to his mother, mom, pretty much, you know, I know I fucked up. I know I hurt you. I know I let you down. And you're saying things are happy, but, you know, power's off and I'm fucked up. So, you know, lights out. It could also mean, you know, the power's off in, in that relationship. Like, there's no more, there's no connection. Power, connection. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no more, there's no more communication. Right. And I'm fucked up. So does he mean that he's fucked up as a person or like literally fucked up? He could mean like, like he, like under the, the damage is, something. the damage is done or, and, you know, the situation left him fucked up. Yeah, emotionally, mentally, 
And then he says, you know, Mom, I know he's not around, referring to his father not being around, mm-hmm. but don't you place the blame on me as you pour yourself another drink. So that, Whew. again, M struggle with his mom pretty much blaming him for his pops not being around and his mother's struggle with alcohol. And then the, you know, I guess I guess we are who we are, so this, we can't change who we are, right, Man. after a certain point. And headlight shining in the dark night, I drove on. So that's, to me, that's like a metaphor for moving on past everything. Maybe with the headlights on, that light, that hope for a, you know, brighter future as you move on. Maybe. Uh, That's my, like, super stretch take on it. That's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, it's open for interpretation, right? Maybe we took this too far. Yeah. So that's, you know, I take that as M, you know, talking to himself about it. Like, you know, maybe, you know, his mom and him, the back, the, the lawsuits, the arguing, the the diss tracks and, and the miscommunication. Yeah, all the damage. You know, maybe he's like, you know, as he sits back and looks at it, you know, we, we maybe we took this too far. Yeah. So um, the first verse. Yeah, I went in head first. Never thinking about who, what I said hurt, in what verse. My mom probably got it the worst. And everybody, all my Eminem fans know, cleaning out my closet is going to be a lot of uh, points that we're going to bring to this song. He says a lot of things, and, and a lot of other tracks too, where he talks about his mother, but mainly cleaning out my closet. He says a lot of maybe what you could say hurtful things, or he puts a lot of, he sheds light into um, a lot of situations. And at this time, you know, he realizes that his mother is, is sick and it wasn't something intentional that she would do. But at that time when he was young, being told he was sick when he wasn't. and Yeah, and he goes, he goes into that in this, in this verse, right? So if we skip down a little bit, he does mention cleaning out my closet, but he says... Cleaning out know, my closet and all the mother songs. Yeah. But regardless, I don't hate you because, Ma, you're still beautiful to me because you're my mom. Though far be it from you to be calm, our house was Vietnam. Desert Storm, and both of us put together could form an atomic bomb, equivalent to chemical warfare, and forever we could drag this on and on, but agree to disagree. That gift for me, up under the Christmas tree, don't mean shit to me. Right? So he's talking about, in a a very, you know, metaphoric, kind of like poetic way, the hostility of the relationship between him and his mom. Though far be it for you to be calm, saying like it, it wasn't like you to ever be calm right the house was it was Constantly a war zone arguments. you know vietnam desert mm-hmm. storm um both of them together form an atomic bomb so when they when they get together they would bump heads it would it'd be this you know this explosion of emotions of everything and you know and they could go on forever but they need to agree to disagree is what the conclusion m is coming to and then he he remembers the time you know for christmas that he was like, yo, that gift you gave me doesn't doesn't mean doesn't mean anything to him. Like that's not what he wants. You're kicking me out. 15 degrees and it's Christmas Eve. Ma, let me grab my fucking coat. Why we always at each other's throats, especially when dad he fucked us both. We in the same fucking boat. You think that'll make us close, nope. but it, further away it drove us. Right. So that's a struggle a lot of broken homes have. That we could definitely relate to, and you know everyone who's experienced that can relate to, right? Like, you would think a parent leaving a situation, you think the child and the remaining parent would be closer, but a lot of times that relationship is 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 volatile because there's mixed emotions everywhere. 
right on for for both parties. So M is saying, you know, we're in the same fucking boat. Like both him and his moms were were fucked over by their dad, and that drove them apart instead of bringing them together, right? Because there was blame and whatever feelings come involved in those situations. If you've been through that, you can you know relate and know what your own personal feelings have been. Um, you know, if you were in that situation, but just just a really powerful way to put something that a lot of people have gone through or go through. Then Nate got taken away by the state at eight years old. That's when I realized you were sick. And it wasn't fixable or changeable. Uh, and to this day, we remain estranged and I hate it though. So he acknowledges, I mean, to this day, him and his mom don't speak. They're estranged because of everything. But he does finally realize that she had a condition. She was sick and there was no fixing that. So it took him time to grow and mature to kind of look back at things and be like, oh, I understand that now. And that's real talk, right? Like when you grow, you become an adult, you experience things. Once you reach a certain level of maturity and you look back at certain situations in your life, though in those moments, especially when you're young and you're a teenager, you just, you just pissed off at everything. And especially when on top of normal teen angst and normal teen experiences and you got a, you know, fucked up home situation to deal with, you know, a lot of times you can't see outside of that, of what you're in. Plus you're in the middle of it. But as you grow out of that situation, become an adult and you look back on it, you can understand this, the decisions your parents have made. And maybe you can come to forgive or understand what they've done and why they did it. It just comes with, with maturity and adulthood comes a whole different perspective on a lot of things that you go through when you're, when, you know, you're younger and in those situations. So, I mean, this song addresses a lot of this. He talks about how he regrets, you know, not letting his mom see the growth of of his, his daughters, right? He says, he starts the second verse with how he ended the first one. Because to this day, we remain estranged and I hate it, though. Because you ain't even get to witness your grandbabies grow. But I'm sorry, mama, for cleaning out my closet at the time I was angry. Rightfully, maybe so. So that that what I was just talking about, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in those moments, you're you're angry, but like, rightfully, maybe it's it's hard to judge when you're in those situations and in those moments, especially when you're like when you're young going through it. And he continues, never meant that far to take it though, because now I know it's not your fault, and I'm not making jokes. That song I no longer play at shows, and I cringe every time it's on the radio. So, you know, he's 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 ex cleaning out my closet out of his. Repertoire, yeah. like he doesn't even recognize that song anymore. He doesn't want to. Or the medicine you fed us, and how I just wanted you to taste your own, but now the medication's taking over, and your mental state's deteriorating slow. And I'm way too old to cry. That shit is painful though. But my, I forgive you. So does Nathan, yo. All you did, all you said, you did your best to raise us both. Foster care, that cross you bear. Few may be as heavy as yours, but I love you, Debbie Mathers. Oh, what a tangled web we have, cause. One thing I never asked was where the fuck my deadbeat dad was. So again, that comes with this growth out of the situation, right? Looking back, saying, damn, it was fucked up. But at the end of the day, my mom's did everything she possibly could do. Yeah. And you, as you, you know, again, when you're young, you're a teen, you're growing up, you don't see that until you're an adult and you look back at it. And he recognizes, yo, I never asked for my pops, which means obviously I was getting enough from you. I was just too angry and... Whatever other feelings I was in, 
on top of all these other situations to, to recognize that, you know, in those moments. And then he continues, right? Fuck it. I guess he had trouble keeping up with every address, but I'd have flipped every mattress, every rock and desert tactics on the collection of maps and followed my kids to the edge of the atlas. So he talks it up like maybe my dad did try to find us, but we was always moving. But at the same time, fuck it, because if my kids were taken away from me, I'm flipping over the world to find them. Someone right? never moved them from me. That you could bet your asses. If I had to come down the chimney dressed as Santa, kidnap him. Then he goes back to all. Oh, and although one has met their grandma, once you put up in the drive one night as we were leaving to get some hamburgers. Yeah, me- so he's just describing his last, the last interaction he remembers having one of his daughters meet his mom, right? Me, her, and Nate. We introduced you, hugged you. And as you left, I had this overwhelming sadness come over me. As we pulled off to go our separate paths and I saw your headlights as I looked back. And I'm mad that I didn't get the chance to thank you for being my mom and my dad. Please accept this as a tribute. I wrote this on the jet. I guess I had to get this off my chest. I hope I get to play it down before I'm dead. The stewardess said to fasten my seatbelt. I guess we're crashing. So if I'm not dreaming, I hope you get this message that I would always love you from afar because you're my mom. Yeah, so that's the end. This beautiful like apology, pretty much at the end of it, right? So again, super emotional song, especially for those who who can relate on a personal level. Definitely tugs at the heartstrings, and just beautifully written. And one like one of the better songs on on this album for for sure. But next to switch gears a little bit, we want to go into Eminem going into battle mode, and Evil Twin. Which is one of the most bar heavy tracks oh, hell yeah. on here. One of the most I mean, technically, I feel like Marshmallow's LP is LP two is technically one of his best albums when you're talking about rhyme schemes, well, wordplay, metaphors. It's just it's crazy. And this is a prime example of that, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna look for some some of his more potent bars. Alright, the first verse a little bit a little bit down, he says uh, grimming every stranger in a place while I gaze into space because I'm mentally rearranging his face. One of my favorite bars right there. Right? I need to change the pace because the pace I'm working at's dangerous. There's no way to dump this anger and thanks to this angst, I done quit chicken heads cold turkey and started slowly roasting them because that's where most of my anger is based. Ooh. Love those, right? Break it down real quick. Yes. I done quit chicken heads cold turkey. So... Cold Chicken turkey. heads, right? These these stupid hoes, these stupid bitches out here. Quit them cold turkeys, done with them, not fucking with them no more, right? And he started slowly roasting them. So he constantly roasts women in his records, right? He's 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 He has this misogynist label to him, but he speaks on that based on women that he's dealt with and his experiences. All my fellow men out there, we know we've dealt with these women. We know how we felt. We could relate. No, we're not misogynist, but we understand the anger sometimes when <laughs> you get played. And, you know, so that's what he's talking about. He started slowly roasting women because that's where most of his anger is based. So based is a double entendre right there. He's talking about literally that's where most of his anger is based in in his dealings with women and his relationship issues. That's where most of his anger comes from. But also the, the reference to, you know, referring to women as a chicken head and basting a chicken. Because that's where most of my anger is based. Because he quit the chicken heads, cold turkey. So that whole play on words is I thought was slick. And the rhyme scheme's crazy. And then the following line, hilarious. Fuck your feelings. I feel like I play for the Saints. I just want to hurt you. So during that period in the NFL, they had that whole controversy mm-hmm. with the Saints putting hits on on players and stuff. So that was a reference to that. 
Uh, and he goes on, then aim for all these fake Kanye's, Jay's, Wayne's, and the Drake's. So, you know, everybody was trying to be Kanye. He's trying to be Jay, Wayne, Drake. Like, he's aiming at all of them. And then this is a reference to the first Marshall Mathers LP, right? I'm frustrated because ain't no more in sync. Now I'm all out of whack. <laughs> I'm and all I'm, out of Backstreet Boys. All out of Backstreet Boys to call out and attack. <laughs> so, you know, he used to go at a lot of pop artists back in his heyday. And he's just like, they, they, that stuff doesn't exist anymore. So where, where else is he going to, you know, put this anger out? Oh, and this is another crazy, crazy bar right here, right? He says, right, he comes in, I believe people can change, but only for the worse. That thing's hilarious. I could have changed the world if it wasn't for this verse. So satanic, Kmart chains panic, because they can't even spin back the curse words, because they worse when they reverse, motherfucker. motherfucker. And these kids are like parrots. They run around the house just like terrorists, screaming, fuck, shit, shit fuck. <laughs> Adult with a childish, like, arrogance. Mm. Right? Love that shit. People can change, but only for the worse. I just think that's a funny-ass line. Which is half true. Um, yes. And then, you know, he this he talks about his content, right? Kmart chains pan. Like, you know, people didn't want to put his CDs on, on shelves and then hit the shelves. And then he had little kids running around <laughs> repeating all the curses he was saying, right? Um, and then he says, wild ever since the day I came out. I was like, merits? Fuck that. I'd rather be loud and I like swearing. So he's like, yo, fuck the awards from the jump. Like, fuck the merits. He just wants to be loud, make his noise, right? Um, and then we'll jump to the second verse where he... I feel like th this song, he each verse, he gets it gets better and better. Like, each verse is just crazy. Hit me. So he comes in, right? My album's just sicker than strep with the fever. Get the chloroseptic, Excedrin, Aleve, or extra strength Tylenol 3s. Feel like I'm burning to death, but I'm freezing bedridden and destined never to leave the bedroom ever again like the legend of heath the ledger my suicide notes barely legible read the bottom is signed by the joker love those lines right the my album sicker than strep with the fever obviously right he's sicker than strep and then he's like yo get all these medicines because he feels like he's burning to death like metaphorically he's so hot he's he's burning to death like from the shit he's spitting and just um, the way he puts the, those those pills and the references together yeah the, again the rhyme schemes then he says, but I'm freezing. Like, but I'm like, he's cold. He's cold with his lyrics. He's, you know what I'm saying? So that, that, that wordplay of I'm burning to death with the whole fever, but he's freezing, but I'm cold. And then bedridden. Then he makes the reference to Heath Ledger, right? Destined to wear, destined to never leave the bedroom again. Like he's going to die in that bedroom. Like the legend of Heath Ledger. My suicide notes barely legible. Read the bottom is signed by the Joker. A play on, obviously, Heath Ledger's um, death by overdose. Which was often attributed to him playing the role of the Joker in The Dark Knight, right? Amazing movie. Amazing movie. R.P. Heath Ledger. This was just a really dope reference to that. And then the psychology of the Joker and that character making that reference. My, my suicide note was signed by the Joker. And kind of relating that to M's persona. Yeah. The Slim Shady persona I think was just was dope. And then he continues and he starts going off. He said they were sleeping. I made him stop snoring. Made them break out the popcorn. Now I've been hopping this tip-top form since NWA was blaring through my car windows, leaning on the horn, screaming "fuck the police" like cop porn. <laughs> right? That simile was 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 clever. <laughs> and then you know they were sleeping. I made them stop snoring. So people were sleeping on him, but he, you know he he woke him up. Yeah, he woke him up. He showcased his skills. Right. Flipped rap on its ear like I dropped corn, like a ear of corn. Flipped it. Mm -hmm. Got it. 
<laughs> Fuck top five, bitch. I'm top four. And that includes Biggie and Pac. Horror, and I got an evil twin. So who the fuck you think that third and that fourth spot's for? Woo! That shit was hard. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, oh, nasty, right? So his evil twin, you got Eminem and Slim Shady. And then Biggie and Pac. And that's his top four. That's it. Like, nobody better. And as crazy as I am, I'm much more tamer than him. And I'm nuts. Then again, who the fuck wants to plan Eminem? Right? So that's a play on Eminem's, right? The the nuts. Yeah. The nut M&M's and then the regular M&M's. Pause. <laughs> um, but no one's insaner than Slim. Look at that evil grin. Please come in. What was your name again? So hi. He, right? So where he says hi, <laughs> he switches. So this whole time he was talking about from the persona of Eminem, which is why he says as, as crazy as I am, I'm much tamer than him. Referring to Slim, Slim Shady, Shady. His other persona. Right? And then Slim Shady he comes goes, in. He goes, hi, faggots. <laughs> Look who's back with a crab of his ass, like a lobster crawled up there, two rabbits and a koala bear, and a ball of hair, and you all aware, I ain't got it all upstairs. Guess that's why I'm an, I'm an addict. <laughs> Peace to Whitney, Jesus, it just hit me. That I should call the loony police to come get me, because I'm so sick of being the truth, I wish somebody finally admit me. Oh, I was hard. In a mental hospital with Britney, oh, LMFA, yo, no way, yo. Like, he... he all right, he just stops, <laughs> he starts dropping crazy references, right? So... Cause I'm so sick of being the truth. I wish someone, I wish someone finally admit me. That was just hard. Like the whole, I'm so sick. Someone should admit me to like a hospital, but like I'm sick of being the truth. I wish someone finally admit me. So like nobody likes admitting the truth. Crazy. Um, mental hospital with Brittany. I think this was the time Brittany was shaving her yeah. head and shit. She was going crazy. <laughs> and then oh LMFAO, no way Jose Baez couldn't beat this rap. So Jose Baez is a member of LMFAO. That. Rap group that I believe was popping there. Every day too. I'm shuffling. Yeah, that those guys. So he was just like, "Yo, they can't beat this rap, <laughs> right?" And I think they were popping at the time. Yeah. And then he says, "He go, he goes off. I'm off the hook like Casey Anthony." <laughs> that's 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 a disgusting ball, tell, bro. Tell the people who don't know who Casey Anthony is. So Casey Anthony was indicted in 2008 by a grand jury on charges of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child, and four counts of providing false information to police. Wow. I guess now we helped you understand that bar a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so that, I'm off the hook by Casey Anthony, and Casey Anthony had all those charges. That's, and that's they crazy. dropped the charges? She uh, get, I don't know. I mean... I'm going to assume that they found her not guilty. <laughs> yes, she was found not guilty. <laughs> that's crazy. So that makes that, that bar even harder. Right? Like, yo, he's... Em's getting crazy and he's off the hook like Casey Anthony. And so he says, hey, hey, ho. Like, he knows. He just wild out. Um, And then th these bars are funny, too. He says, what you think? I'm looking for romance because I'm lonely? Change that tune. You ain't got a remote chance to control me. <laughs> right? So change that tune. Remote chance to control me. Like a remote control changing tunes. Like double entendres there like crazy. Um... Oh, I'm only vulnerable when I got a boner. Superman trying to, try to fuck me over. It won't hurt. Don't try to fix me. I'm broke, so I don't work. So are you, but you're broke because you, you don't, don't work. work. <laughs> Just a play on words, different meanings, but you get the gist. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's mad meanings there. It could be like, you know, broke as a person, broke and like monetarily broke, so you don't work as in you don't have a job. You also don't work as you're not a functioning human being. <laughs> like, yo, you know? Just goes in. Um... But all the bullshit aside, I hit a stride. Still shady inside. Hair, every bit as dyed as it used to be when I first introduced y'all to my skittish side and blamed it on him when they tried to criticize because we are the same, bitch. So right? he's admitting at the end that... that 
Em and Slim Shady are one and the same. Um, but yeah, Evil Twin is crazy. That's like you know a top pedigree M bars. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And then I guess that our next favorite track that we're gonna get into is Beautiful Pain, featuring Sia. Yes, loved her on the hook. And this is definitely again this is this is Eminem and his heartbreak bag. Second track was oh, that the second track together because we had uh. Stronger over, than I was. Guts over fear. Guts over fear was on the shady. But it was Sia. It was Sia. Yes. That was, I think, the first. No, this was the first track that they had together. Beautiful. This was thing. the first one because the and Shady then, Fifteen compilation album was what Guts Over Fear yeah. was from, and that was after this. So that this. So together they collabed twice. Yeah. And I must say, I love both collabs. Yeah, I think this one. This one. I like this one more, personally. I, I can't choose between both of them. They <laughs> both have a, a strong, powerful uh, message Yeah, message it. for sure. But, yeah, beautiful, beautiful pain. It's, I mean, the, just the title is, you know, the beauty of a pain after a breakup. And it might seem oxymoronic. It might seem like those two things don't go together. But as we go through the song and the message, I mean, I love this song. It's super relatable. I've thrown this song on <laughs> many, many times. I, I make sure when I'm visiting the Martian Mathers LP too, I do visit this song before the, the album right. is over with. So he starts off with the first verse with this this crazy imagery of rebuilding after a storm. With the storm being a metaphor for obviously a past relationship, right? So he starts, yesterday was the tornado warning. Today's like the morning after. Your world is torn in half. You wake and it's wake to start the morning process and rebuilding. You're still a work in progress. That shit's crazy. So yesterday was a tornado warning. Today's like the morning after. So after the storm, right? Your world is torn in half. You just, you know, went through something. You broke up. So your world is literally torn in half, right? And you wake and it's wake to start the morning process. So you wake up and it's wake like you know, when something dies, you go to a wake. When someone dies, this is the wake for that relationship that's now over. And then the morning process, like you wake up in the morning, but that morning also means morning as in time of day and also morning as in being, you know, you're in mourning. You're you're sad and over something, which in this case is, again, this relationship. Yo, that shit is crazy. Yeah. Again, that wordplay, the rhyme schemes, like it's... Right? And rebuilding, you're still a work in progress. So realizing even after this, you're going to rebuild, but you still need to work on yourself, right? You're still a work in progress. And this is where he starts, you know, talking about that whole rebuilding process. So, to, you know, today's a whole new chapter, he says. It's like an enormous asthma thunderstorm has passed you. He weathered it and poked its eye out. So... <laughs> You weathered it and poked its eye out. I was talking about a, a, a storm. So, you know, the eye of the storm. So you weathered through the storm and you poked the eye out. The mm -hmm. eye is like the strongest part of the storm. So mm -hmm. you passed that, like you beat it. That was just a very clever way to put yep. that. Like, you know, and then he continues with this, this beautiful imagery, man. Like with the thorn bush that you use to smell the roses. Stop to inhale. Can't even tell your nose is stuffed. So focused on the bright side. Then you floor the gas pedal and hit the corner fast, the more asserted, never looking back. So, you know, this, this thorn bush, they used to smell the roses. So he, they used to only, you used to only see the roses, you ignored the thorns, right? You would stop to inhale it, but you didn't realize your nose was stuffed. So this, this is a crazy, crazy metaphor. 
Also, for... he, he just wants to get as far away from the disaster as possible and move on to a brighter day. Right. So he drives as fast as he can away from the destruction. Yeah. But while he's smelling the roses, right, he says you're so focused on the bright side. Then you floor the gas pedal and hit the corner fast, right? Never looking back. So that's to your point. You know, you realize, look, I'm smelling the roses, but it's a thorn bush. Like, it, there's 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 thorns here. It's not just all roses. And you can't tell your nose is stuffed. So you can't realize that you you, 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 you can't smell the roses anymore. Or maybe you could never smell the roses. Yeah. And you just never realized it. And then once he does realize it, oh, well, you know, because you're so focused on the positive things in a relationship, you ignore everything else. Yes. You ignore the thorns. You ignore the fact that, oh, I don't smell this anymore. Maybe I never could. I was just drawn in by the beauty of the rose, right? See what you want. Exactly. And then once he realizes it, to R's point, pedal to the metal, you out. <laughs> right? And he says, you may hit the curb, but every day is a new learning curve. As you steer through life, sometimes you may not want to swerve. That's a beautiful life lesson right there. Right? So you may hit the curb. So you may hit a few bumps. Not every turn you hit is going to be smooth. You're going to go through stuff. But every day is a new learning curve. So every day you just got to learn and keep trying to do better as you're steering through life. So this whole metaphor of, you know, driving on the road and, and you know, swerves and, and you know, the curves, the, the tra- crazy turns life takes. And then, you know, sometimes you may not want to swerve, but you have to to avert a disaster. Lucky, no permanent damage. So you might not want to change course. Yeah. Right? You're in something. You, you only see the good in it. You don't You don't see the other sides of it. You know, change is difficult for a lot of people. Moving on is difficult for a lot of people. It's hard to make that that switch. It's hard to, to make that swerve as inputs it. But he goes on and says you have to to avert a disaster. Lucky, no permanent damage. So if you do make that swerve, right, you, you can avoid something detrimental and luckily avoid, like, permanent damage. Or you could stay on that road, which could result in potential permanent damage. And then he goes on, because they hurt you so bad, it's like they murdered your ass and threw dirt on your casket, but you've returned from the ashes. And the hurt that you have, you just converted to gasoline. And while you're burning the past, stand in the inferno and chant, and then they go into the hook, right? So that's another beautiful thing. And the hook, right? It says, sorry, I'm standing in the flames. It's a beautiful kind of pain. Setting fire to yesterday. Find the light, find the light, find the light. Again, I'm standing in flames. It's a beautiful kind of pain. Setting fire to yesterday. Find the light, find the light, find the light. Yeah, so you sent fire on yesterday. They hurt you so bad. It's like they murdered your ass, right? So you're like, they hurt you so bad, you're dead. Like, you're numb. You don't feel nothing anymore, right? They threw dirt on your casket. You've returned from the ashes so that, again, the beauty in the pain, right? So you go through this, and then you're coming back stronger, right? Because you turn that hurt into gasoline, what M says, right? And then while you're burning past, then it goes into the hook. So it's that beautiful pain. You're standing in the flames, but it's a beautiful kind of pain. Because you're, you know, you're getting rid of the past, and you're moving forward, hopefully, to, like, a better you and a better future. Moving on to the second verse. And it's as though you feared you died. Because once you've been killed inside, but yet you're still alive, which means you will survive. All right? Back to that. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. He's saying that, you know, everything that you've been through may have may have killed you inside, like emotionally. Yeah. But you're still, you're still standing, which means you're going to get through it. Yeah. 
And then he continues, right? Although today you may weep because you're weakened Ooh. and everything seems so bleak and hopeless. The light that you're seeking, it begins to seep in. That's the only thing keeping you from leaping off the mother freaking deep in. <laughs> yo, again, just the ROM schemes. I, I can't. Yo, M is just a master at this. But, you know, you, you know, in the situation in the direct aftermath of, you know, a breakup or anything, you, you, you feel weak, you feel sad, you're weeping. You know, you feel worthless almost sometimes if it's that, you know, crazy. And everything seems bleak. But the light that you're looking for will begin to, to, to come in, right? So the light. And that's, I guess, why he uses this metaphor as a fire, right? You're saying fire yeah. from to yesterday. Let that light to, you know, come in to guide you. And, you know, it's that, that light that's the only thing keeping you from, like, going crazy, right? That hope that you have. And then M goes on to this this message to his fans, to the listeners. He says, and I'm pulling for you to push through this feeling. And with a little time, that should do the healing. And by tomorrow, you may even feel so good that you're willing to forgive him, even after all the shit you've been put through. I love that when M's like, he's talking to you, to the listeners, to the fans. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for you to get through whatever you're going through. Right? Even after all the shit... You know what I'm saying? Like this this feeling of resilience is building and the flames are burning quick as fire wood through this building. That's a crazy double entendre. Quick as fire wood through this building. So he's saying, you know, that flame that, that's going to push you past this, it's burning quick as fire wood through a building, literally, and also like fire wood, like firewood burning. Mm -hmm. That was a dope double entendre there. Um, and then, you know, you're sealed in, but you're fireproof, flame retardant. You withstood it. And as you climb up to the roof, you're just chilling. You look down because you're so over them. You could put the heel of your foot through the ceiling. That's his play on being over somebody. Yeah, right. Like now you're on. You're, first of all, you've been in the flame, right? So now you're flame retardant. Like you've been hurt. So you can't be hurt like that again because you made you, you, you got through it. So now you're more resilient. And then, yeah, his play on words to bring over someone. He's in the roof. You're on the roof. You're just looking looking down on this shit. Like, yo, I'm, I'm over this. Then I, I have this thing, bro, where M sings. Yeah. And I love it, bro. I love it. And the bridge where he goes, as time passes, things change every day. But wounds, wounds, heals, but scars still remain the same. But tomorrow's day's going down in flames. Throw the match and set the past ablaze. Yeah, love that. Again, right? As time passes, things change every day. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Wounds, you know what I'm saying? Like, life is heal, crazy. But scars, they remain in the same. Yeah, that's that's a little sad. But, again, tomorrow's going down in flames. Throw the match at the past the blaze. I mean, we all have scars, but the wounds will heal. Like, it's not going to be open forever. You know, you'll heal. You'll cover. You'll move on. You'll move forward. And that's pretty much the message of this, of this song. Beautiful imagery. Beautiful metaphors. Really poetic. The rhyme scheme's crazy. Message is, is is amazing. So anybody who's ever been through a rough breakup, going through a rough breakup, if you're listening to this, going through something crazy, throw on this song. I, I yo, this this song is it's the, I've been definitely thrown it on a few times. Relatable, real. It's just a beautiful track. And yeah, again, man, the, the the content, the word craft, the way he puts the words together, man, and the story. And again, Sia on the on the hook. Yeah, Sia's voice is is amazing. You know, she she's an amazing artist. Um, but yeah, so those are our favorite tracks and some bar breakdowns from our favorite tracks for the Marshall Mathers LP2. Again, super underrated yeah. album. Yep. 
<laughs> I feel like it's 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 one of Eminem's better albums in his discography. Period. We've had I these can't, conversations. I, 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 <laughs> real brief, we're gonna get into it real quick. I, I have this thing the way G and I myself like great albums. Um, I already have the album that's like set in stone, and that's the Eminem show, and nothing's gonna surpass it, no matter what. Whether it's the nostalgia or whatever that album, that album is classic to my heart. Um, it, it possibly could be my second or third album, Marshall Mathers LP two. Um, Recovery is up there. Kamikaze. That's higher than it was the last time I spoke to you. Kamikaze. About we spoke about this briefly. <laughs> um, it was the Berserk track that you know came out. I liked it, but it was just something about it that I guess you know. And I have this thing where I set like expectations for artists, and I'm expecting a certain sound. I'm expecting something, and it wasn't delivered like if he maybe would have released rap god first i may have had different feelings about it from the beginning but this album after going through it and looking through it and playing it i i can't deny that it is one of eminem's great out al- greatest albums that's funny you say that about rap god versus berserk as to which one would have caught your ear more as a first single i love berserk i loved eminem's you know playfulness on it it was a return to slim shady form as he dyed his hair in the video that was dope I love the old school beat that rock that nod to you know the Beastie Boys type shit. I like Berserk. I rap, was more rap god. Rap god had more of a modern beat sound to it, which is why I feel like that's interesting that you would have been drawn. I mean, lyrically, rap god is 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 better than Berserk. So I get you in that sense, but sonically, I know sonically wasn't really know. fucking with Berserk. There was just something like I like Berserk, but there's just something about it that. I was like, I, I like I said, maybe my expectation. I was expecting something crazy, and he gave. Maybe, you me, know, M always, you not always, usually drops like a playful single. You know what I'm saying? And and that's cool. That's cool. Um, but Rap God, I guess, was my expectation. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting M to come in and just shut down, shut shit down, and he did that with Rap God. Well, you also know his singles up until I think like more recently but, in his career, his singles were were never that. Like you had to go to the deep cuts of his albums. To, yeah to hear M go off. I do agree with you on the Eminem show. The album does hold a very special place but in my Eminem, heart. Marshall Mathers LP2 is definitely the top five um, Eminem show. Marshall Mathers LP2. Recovery, Marshall Mathers LP. His content is, I think that's the, as far as his albums, that's the best content he's had on any album is the overall content on the Eminem show. Yeah. Um, but, I've 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 had to convince you of this for the Marshall Mathers LP too. Technically, this is his best album. When you're talking about rhyme schemes, metaphors, like the technical could, aspects of rap, I could meet you. I could meet you there. I could meet you. And there. also the content. Also, it's it's not as deep as the Eminem show per se, but he touches on a lot of things that he spoke about in the Marshall Mathers LP on a more mature level, and I feel like people miss that in this album. And he does talk about a lot of real shit. And then he also has those tracks like Evil Twin that he just goes off. So I would definitely put this, yeah, my either number number two or number three favorite M Same. albums um, of all time. With that other spot probably going to the first Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. and no, Possibly not Recovery. Recovery, I mean, definitely. I mean, but the first Marshall Mathers LP has just fucking. I mean, you got Stan, you got the way I am. Yeah. Those are songs, bro. When you hear, <laughs> so those I think songs. those are my top. Those have to be my top, my top three. But yeah, again, Marshall Mathers LP two. If it's been a while, revisit it, check it out. Underrated album for sure. And yeah, I mean, huge anniversaries again. I mean, we went more into M because we're more familiar with that album. It came out only five years ago. 
Um, I mean, 36 Chambers, everybody's familiar with that. Everybody knows, you know, Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Except for you youngins, which if you're listening, check that out. It'll blow your mind. doesn't sound like anything else out right now. It didn't yeah. even sound like anything else at the time. RZA, RZA's production was just so unique. Um, you know, the Wu-Tang members' lyricism is just so unique and sharp. So, again, huge, huge shout-out to all the, the big anniversaries. Um, real quick too, I know um Styles P dropped an album, I think it was like a week or two ago called Dimebag. Just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, that was that was tough. Check that out for sure. Let us know how you you know how you feel about, you know, Midnight Marauders, Thirty Six Chambers, the Marshmallows L P two. Which is your favorite of the three albums? You know, what's your favorite song on each of these albums? You know, if there's any songs on Midnight Marauders or Thirty Six Chambers that you want to hear us break down, you know, right. comment, let us know. We'll Leave be happy comment. to revisit. Um, hit us up on Twitter. We'll put the information on the link below. Um, iTunes, shout out to iTunes again. Yes, if you fuck with us, please check us out on iTunes too. Search Live from 95 and Podcast. We are there. Twitter is a stay underscore live. We'll put it in the description. Facebook also, SoundCloud, YouTube. Appreciate you guys, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. And remember, show love, support. Let us know you love what we do. Subscribe, like, share. Appreciate all the views, appreciate all the love, and we're sending that love right back out to y'all. So we'll catch you next time on Live from 95. Stay live.